This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. You know, wherever I've gone in the last while just ministering, uh, we were in Bloom earlier this year, um, North Coast, uh, Zambia recently and yeah I just it's just wonderful to see what God is doing and God's doing something similar in every context but also locally there's slight differences whispers of the spirit and and, and you know what's beautiful for me is seeing people take hold of that you know take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of you right and and I want to just commend you to say well done and carry on taking hold of that carry on surrendering more of yourself and saying lord i want all that you have for me and i'm seeing it as i as i have conversations with people and i want to say well done keep it up uh, god's going to use you guys in an amazing and amazing way um i was stirred doing worship now but uh, got a bit emotional doing worship. doesn't often happen to me. I'm an Afrikaans boy. <laughs> but I, I just felt moved by just gratitude. God, God that uses someone like me. And, uh, and I think about the people in this room, and I think the God that wants to use people like us, saying regardless of background, I want to tell you a story there was a, a young lady in Peter Marsburg, and she grew up being very sporty, gifted, very academic. She did so well in school. And when she was 16, she felt pregnant. And her whole world fell apart. It was during a time when, you know, if you felt pregnant at that age, they told you to go finish school in another province. You weren't allowed to finish school in the same province. And she, she, she had to do that. But the 16-year-old girl gave birth to me. And uh, the, the incredible grace of God, how He allowed me to stay in contact even though I was adopted. To stay in contact with this lady, and I, and I stood in her, her kitchen the one day, and I plucked up the courage to say to her, I was born again, to say to her, I want you to know that God doesn't look at you with shame. There's no, there's no, He doesn't look at you and say, disqualified for the future. And I felt to share that this morning with, with some of you, because I feel as I look at people in the church, there's so much shame and, 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 and guilt hanging over people. And, and, and I just remember the release over her that morning, just as she wept. And, and soon after that, giving her life to the Lord. And now, now her and her wonderful family, they, they, they live um, in a city where they've bought a massive house so that they can accommodate people, youngsters, 
and, and be able to minister to young people who are going through stuff themselves. And I want to say to you guys, we, we cannot limit God because we have shame. Because of what we've gone through. We've got to look at this God and hear what He says over our lives. And it washes over us. And we cannot be the same anymore. Cannot be the same anymore. So I became friends with this young guy at school. And I grew up in a, a very religious church. You know, every Sunday I had to sit there. I wasn't allowed to go to the toilet during the service. Laced it, many. Sona school sit there, and um, I, Sunday after Sunday, my mate said to me, hey, listen, there's something happening at our church, uh, an event, come along. And I said, cool, man. And I went along, and that night, after thinking that I knew Jesus, I realized I only know church. I, I only know about Jesus. I don't know Jesus. And I gave my life to him that night. I realized I need to. I was a 14-year-old. I was, I was there in the front. I had my hand up. I went to the front. And, 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 I, and I committed myself to a journey with a church that said, we are, we are on about discipling people. And that's the very church that I'm part of today. It's a church that said, we are committed to this thing of making disciples. We're not just committed to people saying a prayer of repentance. And that's important, friends. We know that, hey. We're committed to people getting on the journey, getting on mission. And, and, and once again, the gratitude that wells up in my heart is that I, 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 I made that decision. I was part of the journey of discipleship. And, and today I'm part of the leadership of that church. And I, and I can see young men and young women and people come through as they commit their lives to the Lord. Friends, we have a lot to be grateful for. And, and you know, I'm thinking again during worship, and now Jesus, He's standing in front of a crowd, possibly of 12,000. We know there were 5,000 men. And, and, and there's, there's a need to feed them. And, and where does it start with Jesus? He, he receives the five loaves and the two fish, and all he says is, he doesn't say, Father, make something happen here, please. You know, my name's on the line here. No, he just says, Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. And, and this, this line that since my days of education, I used to be a teacher before I came into full-time ministry, this line that stuck with me is, gratitude affects your attitude. And that we would be a people where our posture is one of thanksgiving and gratitude before we do anything else. And we will see many things happen. I'm going to get into my notes now. <laughs> oh, man. I just think this has been an amazing time so far. But I, I told you that I got saved. I, I then realized soon after God telling me, I want to use you. And, I, and, and, and it's kind of scared me because I'm not that guy. You know, public speaking, you know, felt God stir me. Go share word. And, I, you know, the sweaty palms. And, and actually, when you're sharing, you, you're looking at people and you think, this makes no sense to anyone. <laughs> but just the, the steps of obedience, I felt God saying, I want to use you in certain ways. And, and, I, and I started saying to the Lord, but Lord, I, I'm not equipped for this. I've got an Afrikaans accent. 
to start with in an English province. <laughs> I feel so comfortable here. <laughs> but God, I feel so limited. And I felt God say, you, you, you have to be empowered by my spirit. You, you cannot do this with your own skill set. You cannot do this with your own strength. And, and, I, and I started saying, Lord, please give me your spirit. Baptize me in your spirit. And you know what I, what I, what I learned? And I'm still learning. And we, we, we never stop learning. I, I learned that God just, He doesn't just respond to a casual request. But there, there needs to be a hunger that stirs within us. And, and, and as we have this hunger stirred within us, remember God looks at the heart and we start asking Him. He starts taking that request seriously. I remember lying in the back during a, a church meeting in the evening, just so desperate, just lying in the back saying, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I know, I know that you want me to do more, but I cannot. I cannot. And soon after that, I just remember an evening, one of the, the people praying for me, and I just suddenly felt the infilling of the spirit. Suddenly started speaking in tongues, started just realizing, actually, the, God, you've done something in me. And I sat in the back of an SCA meeting at school. I was a Christian, so I, I thought I must do Christian things. So I'm going to go to the student Christian meeting. And I, once again, where did I sit? Where some of you are sitting, right in the back. Right in the back. Just a, kind of a casual observer, but now I've been filled with the Spirit. And I, and I was rocking on my chair, and it was like an audible voice God's saying to me, go to the teacher and ask him if you can share next week. I said, hey God, hey, wrong, wrong guy. I know you said you want to use me in some ways, but not in, in this kind of way. And I, once again, guys, you know, responding to God's voice takes courage. We got, we've, we've got to step out. Got to step out the boat. And I, and I stepped out and I said, hey, Sir, you know, I don't know if you've had this kind of request before. I'm not saying you're bad at this. Can I just share? Can I share something next week? And he was elated. Of course, please. And, and, and the incredible thing, it was halfway through my grade 11 year. For the next year and a half, I shared every single week. From a place where this was not me. I was the paper shaker doing orals. I'm just being real. God, your spirit empowers us. And we saw, and I saw friends giving their lives to the Lord. Friends who are serving in churches now around the world. Friends, the adventure of being used by God. The adventure of stepping out. And um, from there, just joining leadership teams at church. Just Trusting God to use me in, in whatever way. But on the point of leadership, just God stirring me to step out into leadership. God calling me into leadership. I want to remind us that leadership is key. And that is why we're here. We want to be equipped as leaders. And, and we know the, the NCMI phrase, and that's biblical, that God does very little without leadership. Whenever God wanted to take people from one place to another, He appointed a, a person to lead. And, and where did it start? It started by hearing the whisper of God. 
God calling, Abraham, go. Moses, I want you to take on the leadership here. Even some of the prophets you read, Jeremiah, you are called to be a prophet to the nations. That got people's feet moving, put people in positions of leadership. We need to hear God's voice. Leadership is so key. And I'd like to today just share from Joshua chapter 5. We're going to start there. We're going to, we're going to look at lessons of leadership through the life of Joshua. And hopefully we learn something. I know you know it all already, but we always need to learn more. And the context here, once again, we remember Joshua 1. God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. I, I think Joshua knew that. But, but just a reminder, Moses, my servant, is dead. So leadership is required, and you are the man. You know that we can't apologize for what we do because we didn't put ourselves in those positions. And, and, and there needs to be not, not a pride, but a boldness. When God calls us to something, there needs to be a boldness, because you've called me. You've called me. Moses, my servant's dead. Joshua, you are the next chosen leader. And we know what happens. The, the, first, the first step is to get across the Jordan into the promised land. Now, the Jordan, we can't just cross it, people. There are lots of us. We need to, we need to ask God to make a way. And, and, and we see what happens. God miraculously parts the waters and everyone is able to cross. Everyone's able to cross. And, it's a, and I imagine being in, in, in Joshua's position, that must have been it's a key moment in his leadership. A, a moment where, God, now I, I really believe. You want to use me? I'm the man. But I also imagine the people, possibly to that point, wondering, is this the right guy? And then they see the waters parting. And all of them cross. And now suddenly from wondering, they're almost praising. Joshua, what a man. Yeah, Joshua, you're amazing. Joshua, I want to be like you. Can I, can I have this? I'm going to name my child after you, Joshua. You know? Like, like, and that does happen in leadership. I'm... I'm so taking some poetic license here, but, but there must have been people believing in him now. A wonderful moment. And, and I can imagine now Joshua is filled with this confidence and this courage to take on whatever's next. Remember the, the mission. The mission is take ground. And next up is Jericho. Oaks, we're going to take down Jericho. Sends in spies. Remember, they come back. We're going to take this place. And this is the context that we find ourselves in. Joshua is ready. He's on the move. And we read from verse 13. And it says, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, he, di he didn't hold back. He went to him, walked up to him. Are you for us? Or are you against us? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. So now I've come, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped 
and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And friends, just to pause there, I, I believe this moment here for many of us is a moment like this. Lord, what, what does my Lord say to his servant? What are you saying to me, God? This is a, a picture of, of Joshua and the presence of God falling down and surrender and worship to him and saying, Lord, I need to hear your voice. And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And we jump to chapter 6, verse 1. And we see the next picture. So from the presence of God to this next picture of the mission that God has. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. So Jericho lived in fear. They knew that uh, the Israelites were coming. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. And, and then we know the task. You shall march around for seven days and the walls will come down. And it says, um, lower down, And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So it goes from a, a man hearing what's on God's heart to a man advancing and, and, a, and telling the people what their involvement will be. And we see a people together taking territory. It's a wonderful picture of church. But just some, just some thoughts off the bat. As we see Joshua approaching Jericho and then encountering the presence of God. We learn a few lessons. First here, we can't rush ahead of God. He walks with this confidence and he's ready to take on and God stops him. The grace of God, isn't it? Sometimes we're running ahead and he just draws us back. Saying, actually, you're running a bit ahead of me. I know we've heard some of that. I promise you I wrote these notes way before. <laughs> so I'm trusting that God's speaking, but... But we sometimes rush ahead out of a confidence. And then the second a question I have for myself and for us is, are our eyes on Him or on, on the work? Because where should our eyes be? Often my eyes and our eyes drift onto the work of God, and actually our eyes should be on, on the one who's actually building the church. But the position of, of leadership has a funny way of, of making us feel important, doesn't it? That's just the way we are wired. I, oh, I'm, I've been asked to step onto a leadership team. Okay, well, do you know that it's called servant leadership? <laughs> did, did you remember that? You're called to serve people. And then we see some ground taken through our leadership, and suddenly we feel even more important. And we start, you know, telling stories and we live in that kind of confidence that's not a God confidence, but a self-confidence. And then we start thinking that we are there just to see God work in people and we actually forget that God wants to do a work in us. And I think this is possibly something that happened to Joshua. God, I've seen you work through me. Okay, next, I want, I want to do this and, and, and get your people on the journey. No, actually, I want to do something in you first, Joshua. Let's pause here. Let's pause. 
And so just a few, few thoughts, about five thoughts that I'd like to share with you from the passages that we've read today. Is A, or number one, what is God asking me to take off? We're talking as leaders here. So we see him entering the presence of God. He's asking for strategy, and God says, no, it's something I want to do in you first. Take off your sandals. Where you are standing is holy ground. The ground itself wasn't holy. It was in the holy presence of God. I want you to take something off. And this, this idea, and I've, I've shared it with the eldership team that I lead and, and many leaders that we, that we um, do training with, is that, that we need to understand that as leaders, God needs to work in us and then through us. And, and, and once again, as leaders, we easily fall into the trap where we, we just think that God wants to just work and minister through us to people, but actually He wants to minister in us first and then through us. I know you know that, but we forget it. And often God works in the leader to prepare him or her to lead people into more. And so the importance of what God is doing here, we need to realize that the importance of every moment that we encounter God as leaders, we need to understand that it's, it's more than just for us. He's giving us stuff for ourselves and for people. So the question is, what is God doing in you here during this time. You know, we can also fall into the trap of thinking, I'm just here for my people. I'm just here to, to take something home. Now, actually, what is God saying to you personally? That is key. And there are times when I've fallen into this trap and I'm busy praying and I say, Lord, what are you saying to the church? Joshua, Lord, what is your strategy for us to go and take Jericho? And, and, and once again, I know I'm emphasizing this point. God says, no, 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 no. I want to say something to you first. I want to speak to you personally. I want to do something in you first. And so take off. Take this off. Get rid of this. Open your hand in this area. Pick that up. And it's presence that happens. And it reminds me of how, how, how John... The baptizer. <laughs> How he said, I must decrease so that he can increase. It's got to become less of us. And as we, as, as we desire to see more of what God is doing, we need to be those who say, I'm in, but I'm in it for you and, and for less of me. What do I need to take off, Lord? And that we would become a people who hold things very loosely. And, and can I say this? I, I, I'm, I'm going to step on sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. But, but holding jobs loosely. Holding things. Ready to be sent. Wherever, God. Whatever you say, I'm in it, Lord. Because, because I'm in it for you. Take it off. Hand this over. Some of us carrying ministries for so long. <laughs> and I see it in, in places where I've ministered. I've made that mistake myself. Just thinking, I, I'm the answer. I've got, to, I've got to be the person leading this. And God's saying, let it go. And, and, and then, let's be honest, we fear letting go because we worry that the next person does a better job than us. 
Just being transparent. And I'm being genuine. It happened to me recently. Aubrey, let, let go of this. Loosen this area of ministry up for more to take on the leadership. But God, then I know He's going to do a better job than me. I know. I sound like I've got a terrible heart now. <laughs> but, but that's our reality. Take this out of your life. Get rid of this. Lay this down. Step aside. Work in me, Lord, so that you can work through me. So firstly, what is God asking me to take off? And then secondly, an obvious point, but we can't live in the confidence of past victories for the future. And that's what we see. It's a, basically the story we've just read. We are called to be a people who are on the move, pioneering, advancing. That is who we are. That's what we, this kingdom is always expanding. And we get to be a part of it. And He's calling us to be a part of that. And we are on the move. But we can be on the move and, and, and think we should do things the same way. We live in the confidence of the past victories. And we try using the same methods. Doing things the same way. Thinking that the presence of God will come if we sing that particular song again. <laughs> or if we use that MC. Or if we sh do you know what I'm saying, friends? And God's saying, actually... It's daily manner. <laughs> daily you come to me. Daily. But Joshua would have been confident after all of this success that he just had crossing the Jordan. And we easily fall into the same trap. Things in the past that resulted in success. And possibly also living in the discouragement of past failures. Suddenly just withdrawing into our shell, saying, you know what, I, I don't think God wants to use me because this last season felt like a failure. This last season was too tough. It was too hard. It was too painful. Have you been there? And, and I don't know about you, but just experiencing God's presence again, hearing Him speak over my life again, just, just causes my chest to stick out. Am I you are with me. You know? The, the, the work isn't actually what pleases you most. It's, it's, it's me belonging to you. <laughs> I, I am yours. And we've got to get back to that. Back into His presence. And I also love the fact that, that in this moment, God is showing Joshua who is actually in charge. Because once again, as leaders, we can live in this confidence. And, and God just draws him in and just reminds him, actually, Joshua, you may have good and clever plans, but just remember who's in charge here. Who's building the church? Who's head of the church? And I want to ask on that point, because some of us linger possibly there too long in our leadership, where, where, where we, we have seen major advancement, and, and, and we, have, we have led well and strongly. But have we led in a way where people think that we are the solution? Have we, have we led in a way that, that is actually just building towards us? 
And, and I want to remind us that, that biblical leadership is a leadership that, that points always to Jesus. He is the solution. Biblical leadership always builds away from oneself. That, that when, when it's that moment for transition, handing over, it's, it's not people clinging on to you. It's actually easy to transition. So do people see me as a solution or Jesus? Or do I point people to Jesus? Or do I point people to myself and my leadership? Key questions. Are you with me, friends? The third one. Leaders must listen before they speak or move. You know, it's interesting that Joshua actually had a listening demeanor. He, he, he was a man who loved the presence of God. We, we read in Exodus 33 from verse 11 that, that in the tent of meeting, Moses was in the presence of God with Joshua, and Moses gets up and leaves. But we are told that Joshua remains in the presence of Just a love for God's presence. But leadership, especially when we start being used by God, has a way of causing us to forget this value. And we forget that the, important, the most important part is us in the presence of God before we lead people. The other day, it was my day off, and I was, you know, you carry things in leadership, and there were a few things that I was carrying heavily on my heart. And I said to Carms, my wife, I, I, I actually just need to get out of the city. I need to find a bush to walk through and just talk to the Lord. I don't want to see a building. I want to see a river. I want to see forest. That's what I want to see. And I went and I, and I was like, I'm going to go talk to the Lord about these six things that I'm carrying. I'm very specific. And, and there, there was this like, kind of like, you know, God, you need to speak to me about these things. And I started walking, walking in that forest and I felt God stop me immediately, similar to this. And just saying to me, because you know God, He's kind and He's stern. <laughs> but in His sternness, He's also kind. But, but I just felt him stop me and just say, whoa, 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 you, you've come here with your agenda. No, no, I, I, the way it works is actually I give you my agenda. That's how it works. And I just felt him speak to me again about what it means to walk with him. You know, we, we, we get this wrong because it becomes about the, the, the work of the Lord instead of the, the, the Lord of the work. It's about walking with him. And reminded again of Enoch, what pleased God so much about that man? He walked with God. He just he walked with God as a father, as a whatever he did with his life, he walked with God. God was pleased with that. And what pleases God most about us is not our leadership gift, is us walking with Him. And from a place of walking with Him, what I realized afterwards, God, you just you filled my heart with so much stuff that has become the solution for the things that I've carried. You're kind to me. Be kind. And friends, I, I, I just, I know I'm, I'm laboring this point, but, but, but the call of God for His leaders to once again walk intimately with Him. So important. So important for us, our future, and for our people. The, the fourth one, what we see here, Joshua he, he had his plan, God stopped him, and then the result was that, that all the people actually got involved in seeing the victory. 
All of them marched around the city. People given specific roles to play. But leaders, this is the fourth point, leaders release leaders and giftings. Leaders release other leaders. Friends, one of the most important things that we do is we bring through other leaders. Because more, more leadership means more people are going to be led. More people are going to be discipled. More giftings are going to flow. And, and, and I had this revelation again. It was mentioned at some point. But that we stand at the gate. Leaders do that. They stand at the gate. And they, uh, God has given us the, the privilege and opportunity to open ways for people to, to go into what they've been called to. And, and recently, sharing with some of the, the elders, I, I had this picture. Guys, we are gatekeepers. What, what kind of gatekeepers have we become? Because I think for some of us, we've become toll gatekeepers. No, there's a, there, you know, there's, there's actually, I want to see you pay the price first. You know, I, I want to I see you wait in line first. I stood in a toll gate line the other day for half an hour. I just I wanted to tear my hair out. But, but, but just, uh, you've you got to wait before I give you access here. I want to I see you put the money on the table first. Are you fully committed? Become toll gate keepers. And God says, that's not the way it works. Remember your story. <laughs> Remember the person you were when you were entrusted. When you were risked with. I wouldn't risk with myself. And as a, like Grant asked me on the eldership team, I felt like a kamikaze pilot. Yeah. 100%. I'm in. <laughs> and I think back now, I wouldn't trust myself, man. But, but we cannot, as leaders, we understand this. And this is just the reality of what it means to lead in the kingdom. You bring people through. But are you, have we become like these toll gate leaders? And God's saying that's not the way. It's not the way. And we see in chapter 6 of Joshua, Joshua rallying people. He's got the priests involved. He's got those who, who lead worship involved. He's got all the people that involved in, 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 in seeing the victory. And it's a beautiful picture of when we're in the presence of God, God starts speaking to us about people. I see something on that guy. I see something on that person. Go and encourage that person. Guys, we can't, we can't see these things with our natural eyes. And, 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 and we, we need to see different giftings come through. We need to see a variety of leaders come through because the mission is the planet. And, and the question that I, I'd love you to write down, because I've written it down for myself, is, is in... Once again, from God's presence, asking this question, who should be released? And, and, and what should their role be? What should they function in? I, I think we've, we, we've become very good at, at, at seeing something on someone and then just guessing what they should be involved in. Oh, you, you seem great. Like, just get involved in that. And then you realize it doesn't fit. And then it just delays a process. Now, God actually sees something on this guy. What is it? Which, where should they fit in? We see that's how Jericho was taken. 
variety on team. I look at our eldership team in the last while. God's brought through many different people onto our eldership team. Uh, from, from like a young 19-year-old guy to, to people that are so different to me. They scare me. <laughs> you kind of just like, God, no, I, I fully trust him. I know this is being recorded, but uh, like, but, <laughs> fully trust him. That's why they're on team. But, but God, there, there's, there's risk. There's risk, but it's wonderful. And it's wild. And it's God's heart. Because He wants to use people, a variety on team. You know, we, we, I've seen it in many places. We become very good at bringing through people that are very similar to us. They dress like us. They talk like us. They do everything like us. And I tell you, that's not how it should be. There should be a variety. People who have similar giftings to us. No. People who are different. Those who are different to you. The, the, and, and I want to emphasize this point because as, we've, as I've traveled around, something that's been burning on my heart is, Lord, bring through the young. Those who are young. Those who, you know, I'll tell you a brief story. But, but my, my 10-year-old son is with, with us here on this trip as well. We drive back from, from morning services the one morning, and, and I was quite surprised as he, as he said this to me. He said, you know, Dad, there are people at church that don't believe in me. Just, I was like, that is, firstly, I'm surprised by the maturity of that, <laughs> this conversation. And I was like, Spence, what's going on? No, Dad, you know what? I, I feel that I, 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 I want to become involved in making coffee. Not like using that fancy machine. But, but people don't want me to. They say I can't do it. They don't think I'm able to do it. And I was like, oh boy, you're talking to the right guy here. Because I, I, and not because it's my, not because it's my son, but I, I'm not going to let that fly. Because we want to see, when there's a stirring, we, we, we want to see leaders who believe in young people and say, come, come on the journey. And not just, just handing stuff over, but saying, come, flank me here. Do it with me. And then there's a handover the other night as well. <laughs> we have our leaders meetings and stuff for different ministries after our prayer meeting on a Tuesday. And my youngest son, Jackson, says to me, hey, Dad, listen, um, can you just wait for me? I just want to go to a uh, children's church leaders meeting. Six years old. <laughs> so... I don't know if you've been, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> don't know if you've been invited. But let's look at the next meeting. I'll, we can chat. But, but, but we've got, friends, we, <laughs> I'm not saying we, we must become unwise. But I'm saying in our churches, is there an atmosphere of young people? We believe in you. We believe in you. Variety of gifting. I'm ending. <laughs> Because my time is almost up. I believe it's four minutes left. But maybe I can say this. When, when Samson's parents were made aware that they're going to give birth to a special person, someone who's going to be used, I love what Samson's dad prayed. Judges 13 verse 12. Because we're, as we bring through leaders, young and old, we, we, we need strategy and wisdom. It says, Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? 
manner of life and mission. Lord, when we bring through these people, what, what should we envision them with? Lord, what should we equip them with? God, speak to us. As we're in your presence as leaders, God, speak to us about the young. Speak to us about those in the church who you want to bring through. And then finally, as we end, um, this is one moment in God's presence that this we see with Joshua. One moment where, where he encounters God, but, but we know that that's not just a picture of us needing just one moment. But we, we see in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit. It's written in the present continuous tense. We, we, we need to be leaders who are constantly getting back into the presence of God. So leaders need a continue, continuous touch from Him, not just the moment. It's a picture that gives us a principle. And the, the thing that I felt, I felt to end in this way is that some of us here need a fresh touch. And possibly some of us here, we've been in leadership, but we, we haven't experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And it's, and it's biblical, friends. It's, it's on His heart for us because His heart is for us to be effective. And, I, and I'm saying this with all the grace and kindness in my heart. You, you can't be effective unless you have the Holy Spirit moving in you. Unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers build in vain. Can we stand together? I know we're about to take a five-minute break. We don't need to manufacture anything here. After a message, there may be a hunger in your heart. And just in the last few minutes, before we, we end this, this moment, can we just ask Him for a fresh touch? Spirit of God. Lord, we want to be leaders who are known for coming out of Your presence before we stand in front of people. Lord, we want to be leaders who are known for carrying what you've put on our hearts before we speak to people. Lord, we want to be leaders who bring through other leaders because we know that it's on your heart. And I pray, Lord, there's a hunger in this place. Lord, you respond to this hunger, Lord. And I pray that, that there'll be a, an infilling again, an infilling again. And infilling again, Lord God, that you would fall upon us, Lord. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.